Dr. R.J. Rushduni, RR161DG201, Satanism, from the Easy Chair, excellent colloquies on various subjects. This is R.J. Rushduni, Easy Chair number 313, May 2, 1994. This evening... Douglas Murray, Otto Scott, Mark Rushduni, and myself will discuss in our first hour the question of Satanism. Two or three people have suggested this in the past year, year and a half. More recently, Gene Newman suggested it and said he would like to have it uh, dealt with because there is so much being said about it now in uh, many uh, fundamentalist and evangelical church there's a great deal of talk about Satan in other churches uh, that are orthodox there is very little well we can say about that that first of all the Bible has very little to say about Satan very few references to him throughout the Bible. There is a reference to him, of course, in Genesis and in uh, Job and in Zechariah, in Second Corinthians, in Revelation, all these passing references. In the Temptation in Matthew 4, we find a great deal more. But all told, there is not much there. We find a great deal about Satanism in pagan religions, so much so that uh, it reaches nightmarish proportions. The same is true of witchcraft for example although people do not talk about it because nowadays the premise is you don't say anything good about Christianity or anything evil about non-Christian religions some of the American Indian cultures had uh, fanatical beliefs ascribing almost every accident and evil to a witch in the tribe. And in some of the eastern tribes in particular, there were very, very savage bloodlettings when uh, people were killed wholesale. And it took years and years and the decimation of the tribe before the anti-witch movement ended. Now, in the history of uh, Christianity, there have been two eras in which Satanism and witchcraft have figured to a great extent. We'll deal with Satanism primarily at first. 
These two eras have been the Renaissance and Reformation era and the present. For example, in uh, some German states there were savage uh, trials and uh, persecutions, executions of people on the ground of their pacts with the devil and their practice of witchcraft. And as recent scholarship has indicated, this was a way of getting rid of some of the unwanted people in the society. It was something promoted by the state, opposed very often by Catholic bishops and Lutheran bishops and others, but heavily promoted by the state we have, again, a tremendous attention being given in our day to Satanism, again, by the state. Because consider all these trials from coast to coast of people, innocent people, who supposedly are involved in satanic practices with the children in their classroom or in their uh, recreational group and the children are interviewed week after week and the ideas planted in their minds until they speak of all kinds of satanic practices that this particular individual committed. Now this is state-sponsored one of the most infamous cases which Reason Magazine recently devoted quite a bit of attention to was that practiced by Janet Reno in Florida before she became Attorney General. Her treatment of someone who was accused of satanic practices and the railroading of that person into prison so Satanism in our day again has the primary attention uh, from uh, agencies of the federal and state governments. With that I'll uh, let Douglas comment now on what he has to offer in a general way before we get into specifics. Well, that's just my own observations. Uh, I worked for a few years in law enforcement, and uh, during that period of time I saw a very rapid increase in the incidence of uh, Satanism, uh, ritual sacrifice of animals, and uh, this seemed to, uh, it was down in the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, it was never clear to me whether this was introduced into the area by the many different ethnic groups that have immigrated into the San Francisco Bay Area from Central and South America and from Africa in recent uh, recent decades. But uh, it is taken up by whites also uh, who have been cut adrift from their own cultural roots through their education 
and in drifting around looking for something to attach themselves to, they experiment with uh, a wide variety of uh, what they academics down there like to euphemistically call belief systems uh, in order to depersonalize the uh, uh, religion. They, they hate to use the word religion, but uh, I have seen uh, uh, firsthand uh, uh, instances where uh, children uh, have been used in uh, uh, Satanism uh, practices and uh, animals and uh, some of the things are just unbelievable. I mean, they're they're so shocking. Uh, for instance, women who are used as essentially brood mares to generate children who are simply used for ritual sacrifice. I mean, the most the worst practices that you can uh, think of. Uh, uh, are going on today, and yet they receive no press. And uh, I don't know if they're, they're certainly not kept secret by law enforcement, because the information is public, uh, pretty much public record, but uh, the media uh, seems to uh, ignore these uh, crimes uh, totally. As long as it's under the the guise or the mantle of being an accepted religious practice, which the federal government has accepted Wicca, uh, for instance, on an equal basis with Christianity uh, and Islam and uh, various other religions, uh, the media no longer differentiates between one type of religious practice and another. They're all apparently acceptable in the eyes of the media and the media uh, doesn't make any moral judgments one way or the other. In fact, they just simply refuse to report on them, even though there are actual crimes involved of murder, rape, incest, uh, crimes that other people under normal circumstances are prosecuted for. Uh, the newspapers see fit not to report on these crimes at all. What you've just said is very interesting, and I am familiar with that, but to me, the other significant thing was that for these practices there is no press, no media attention. And these are people who are occultists, Satanists, practicing, and thoroughly vicious. And yet, those who are charged with Satanism, Satanic practices with children, and taken to trial are almost invariably Christians charged with these things, which means falsely charged in every case I've heard about. And uh, although one or two have had to go to prison, they've been wiped out financially. And those that are in prison, the evidence against them was really manufactured. And yet... The actual practicing groups out there, the anti-Christian groups, nothing is done. Have you heard of any that have, or many that have really been arrested and tried and convicted? None at all. The only uh, individual who ever got into the newspaper was that fellow Levey um, mm -hmm. down in the uh, in San Francisco area, Anton Levey. And uh, he's the only one I've ever seen any press on at all, in, mm -hmm. at least in California.
He wanted the press. Yes, he, he did. cultivated it. Yeah. Otto, would you like to continue? Well, I think I wrote an essay about the false memory syndrome. Yes. And I linked the proceedings to the witch trials that you referred to in mm -hmm. Germany, in in Europe, which which carried on, you know, until the beginning of the uh, 18th century. And that was fairly recent mm -hmm. in historical terms. And uh, I saw a parallel between the accusations that are leveled mostly by women, adult women, against their parents. Uh, under the urgings of various therapists, they claim to remember a lot of sexual abuse and satanic ritual and all that. And if I recall correctly, the first one that hit the national press was on a different level. It was a woman who who claimed that she had recovered the memory of seeing her father kill her playmate. Mm -hmm. And he was put on trial for that, something like a 25-year-old memory which she claimed to suddenly rediscover. And he's still in the penitentiary for life. Mm -hmm. He was convicted. And that seemed to open the floodgates. And of course, there have been a great many since. <clears throat> the latest I read was that the false memory, there is a, uh, a foundation to defend the parents. And it's called the false memory syndrome, syndrome foundation, foundation, something like that. And there are 5,000 families in it now. And there, are, there are many more. And we've received letters from some of the uh, yes. people who have been accused. Now, this is rapidly, uh, it, it's moving into the area where it's eroding the credibility of psychology and social therapists. Uh, and, of course, the... Uh, the better ones are very upset because there are a number of illusions that have been fostered through the years. One is that you tell the truth under hypnosis, which is not true. Hypnosis does not work. It does not get you to tell the truth. You will tell what the examiner wants you to tell if you're weak-minded enough to be hypnotized or be put in a semi-trance or whatever. Truth serum does not work. Uh, there isn't any way that any agency outside of your head can direct your brains uh, or alter them to that extent. But people are very susceptible, and there's a great deal of uh, credibility, you might say, uh, for the social scientists today. It's something uh, It's been transferred from the priest and the physician to the social scientist, so people believe what they're told. They especially believe what they read. It's an interesting point that most people will believe what they hear and what they read more than they will what they see. It's a very strange thing, but that's the way it is. And Satanism seems to be introduced into these false memories. 
And it is true, as Rush said, that most of the victims so far have been Christian. Now, as to why the actual Satanists aren't brought up, it's because what they're doing fits the modern libertarian, the uh, incest and sex and so forth and so on. The press isn't angry about that. The press is mostly angry against Christians, and there is a pretty well-established series of myth via the movies and bad novels to the effect that Christian fathers in particular are sadists, authoritarian monsters, and so forth, and especially devoted to putting down women. And this is uh, this has now gotten totally out of hand. The thing that disturbs me most about it is the credibility of the courts. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. Uh, what about habeas corpus? I mean, this 25-year-old memory thing, you don't have a crime unless you got a victim, which means in the case of murder, you, gotta, you have to have a, a body. How can you send a guy to prison? I don't think they ever found a body in the case that I mentioned. I think they took the girl's recollection or the woman's recollections. And some of the courts, some areas of jurisdiction have ruled that although the crime is, in most cases, the alleged crimes are outlawed by the statute of limitations, they have passed some new regulations to the effect that prosecution can begin from the time of recollection. No, I don't, currently I don't think there is now any uh, uh, limit on prosecution for uh, for murder. murder no, yeah. but for the other for incest and things like that, they've decided to begin the prosecution at the time of the so-called recollections. And It's a very complex thing because it involves the breakdown of justice and reason in favor of a new version of ancient superstitions. Paganism, in fact. Yes. Mark? Well, we have a couple of things. First of all, apropos what Douglas was saying about um, law enforcement, it seems to me about Oh, 15, 20 years ago when you would hear about cemeteries being desecrated. I can remember reading newspaper accounts where the police out of hand discounted any type of Satanist activity. They said it's probably just kids and that was a public statement. Uh, I don't think that's so true anymore. I know we had an incident by six years ago we had a student uh, in the school one of the, the first and last time we took somebody who had been asked to leave another school he was in the school for a couple weeks and uh, his mother assured me that it was all a misunderstanding and I found some doodles he had made that I was highly suspicious of so I knew someone in the sheriff's department and they referred me to someone in the sheriff's department that uh, was in effect the sheriff's department uh, knowledgeable person about such matters and he looked at the drawings and he said they've obviously been and he, he brought me a whole notebooks full of 
uh, material, and he says, this is where they get this information, this is where they're introduced to it. He wasn't a Satanist, but he thought he'd obviously been introduced to the material. He, anyway, he was out of the school immediately. I, I, we, that's one thing we we're not going <laughs> to work with. But it was interesting that the sheriff's department was studying Satanism as something to be dealt with. He said you have to study graffiti at crime scenes, uh, graffiti at the scene of, of suspects' homes, literature, etc., to, to understand sometimes the motive to things is satanic. Uh, local bridge here on Perth's Ferry Road has had problems in the past. There was a, a chamber underneath part of the, the workings of uh, the bridge where they've, they've had organized groups of, of Satanists breaking in and, and meeting there. So law enforcement is beginning to take a second look and I've more recently when uh, graves have been desecrated they're beginning to w admit the news media, and I think the news media is the slowest one of all to recognize there is such a thing as Satanism. Horror movies, okay, when I was a kid, horror movies were Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr. and the Werewolf, but uh, horror movies now are really almost entirely satanic, occult, voodoo, uh, 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 other than that, other than the absolute violence, like a chainsaw massacre or something, very heavily infected with It's true Satanism. that there is more credibility. They give all this, all these movies, giving credibility to Satan. Yes. Well, not to God. Not That's to God. an interesting point. People are ready to believe in the power of evil. Yes. They're ready to believe that Satan is powerful. They look around them and say, Satan's powerful. And if they hear a little bit story about this or that, and if you, anytime kids, I have to, to be on guard because anytime kids bring up anything spooky, you know, the kind of things kids like to talk around, you know, campfire, there's a hush and almost a ooh to, to, to their demeanor as though, <laughs> is this any surprise that Satan has power? People are ready to be awed by the power of evil, but even Christians who are indwelled with the Spirit of God aren't ready to believe in the power of God. You know, divine miracles, divine intervention seems to be something we talk about, but they don't really believe it. And they don't believe it's a moving force in history. But when you talk about the occult, there's a, there's a, there's a fascination. They're ready, educated to, they're ready to believe in it. Mm -hmm. Well, they see it everywhere. It starts in, in day school, preschool, and day school. Mm -hmm. uh, they're introduced to it at a very elemental level, and it, it increases. They're introduced to it in day yeah. school? Sure. How? Uh, stories, uh, the textbooks, now would curdle your blood that kids get in public school. A lot of cartoons now are... supernatural powers. It's not just simple magic of the old fairy tales. It gets into some very um, unhealthy attitudes towards magic and things that are surreal. Teachers are assigning Stephen King novels as, uh, you know, to, for kids to write essays on. It, it shakes me when you call them novels. Well, whatever they are. Uh, there, it's assigned reading. I mean, mm. kids are given a, a wide open mm. 
field from which to choose and they're encouraged to pick uh, those things that are uh, popular on the, the, uh, in the bookstores and a lot of the popular books are uh, Stephen King books and uh, dealing but with the occult and Satanism. That reminds me of an excavation in the uh, Mideast, 1st century A.D., 1st century A.D., and it turned out to be uh, remnants of the Jewish quarter in some city there whose name I can't recall in that period. The Jewish community was very upset because they came up with incantations and spells, gambling devices, uh, astrology, uh, demonic symbols, and all the rest of it. Very similar to what you're describing now. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that was the decline of paganism when the pagans had lost b- their actual beliefs in their religion and had moved into superstition, magic, and all the rest of it. There's a parallel, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it says something very strange when people can't be impressed by the power of God. You think of Pharaoh when Moses is initial miracles to show uh, Pharaoh that um, God had sent him. When Pharaoh's magicians duplicated them, Pharaoh wasn't very impressed. God had to get pretty tough with Pharaoh to make an impression on him, and God really had to humble the Egyptians. Those plagues would have been devastating to Egypt's economy, including, of course, the ultimate plague on the firstborn. When, When Israel rebelled, when they rebelled, they just didn't become irreligious. They became pagan. And God had to really humble them and to get their attention. Because once they had, they believed in the power of evil and they were overwhelmed with the power of evil, God's judgment had to take a heavy hand. Well, we're, we're getting AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. But strangely enough, teenage kids don't pay any attention to it. They've polled a large number of them, a large percentage of kids. Yes. They have no fear of it. It's They have the sense of immortality that it's not going to happen to them. Well, however they feel about it, the bottom line they're is lost if they don't believe it. Well, having no fundamental faith, what happens is that to each new uh, problem impresses them momentarily. Herpes type 2, when that first hit the scene... Remember uh, the yeah, sweatshirts? Yes. My herpes is in remission. So there was a dramatic uh, reaction to it. But very soon, it didn't make any difference what new statistics came out. People were indifferent to it, and it's not in the news now. The same with AIDS. It had a frightening impact at first. But if you have no fundamental faith system, you pay no attention, even though it's suicidal for you not to pay attention. And this is what we face now. We have a blasé population that, uh, after a very short time, refuses to see.
see threats, even though they are still there. Well, that's the philosophy of the lemmings. What's to worry about? Everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think that uh, just my own feeling is that at least 80 to 85 percent of the kids in high school today are suicidal, and it's simply a question of picking the method, whether it's uh, AIDS, uh, uh, whether they uh, poison themselves with drugs or alcohol. It's a, it's a question of the means. And there's, you know, just around here locally, and this is a fairly low-pressure uh, area for the high school compared to the big city, I don't think that uh, a maximum of 15% of the kids out of the graduating class escape that syndrome, that, you know, go on to, to become productive citizens. Well, I mean, you go down there at lunchtime and watch the kids file out of that high school, and I mean, it's just... Uh, it bends your mind. I mean, it's the, well, the difference from what it was 30 years ago is stark. This, it's almost as though there's a giant sucking machine which is taking the joy <laughs> out of American life. Yes, apt yeah. image. Isn't it strange? Mm-hmm. There's hardly any joy. Mm-hmm. We get these lectures on the air around the clock. Believe it or not, in, this, in uh, the second section of today's Wall Street Journal, it was a headline that said, Golf Course is Condemned as Unhealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't eat popcorn from movies anymore. Yes. Well, in one area after another, the joy of life is waning or disappearing. Uh, we regularly hear that this or that is not good for us. Nothing is good for us. That would be a headline if they found something that was good for us. Very true. We had a reference earlier to how ready people are are to believe in uh, things satanic. Belief depends upon what the culture sees as having authority and power. And Kenneth Burke, who was editor in the teens and twenties of the New Republic, wrote an excellent book uh, at that time in which he said that before the century was over, there would be a tremendous rise of Satanism and occultism. Because having denied power from above, from God, Our culture would seek power from below because we were Darwinian. And all power would be seen as coming from below and it would create a tremendous rise in belief in demonic forces. Well, we have seen that. And one of the things that it has led to in a lot of popular writing is that having adopted a belief in evolution. There's no fixity of forms. There are all kinds of transitional forms that represent pure horror. And they are ready to believe that this kind of thing can take place so that they see power as from below 
as determinative in our culture. And uh, religiously, they are right in tune with their basic faith, evolution. Well, Hollywood used to have uh, fun with, uh, you know, the monster movies happened Costello and so forth. They poked fun at it. But nowadays, it's deadly serious. You have young children and the uh, five, six, seven-year group that have been introduced to this uh, Freddy uh, uh, monster thing, and it's played very seriously in the movies, and they make masks that they sell to these kids so that these kids can act the part. And some very gruesome crimes have resulted from this uh, copycat uh, mm -hmm. stuff in the movies. Uh, so Hollywood has a has changed in the way they they uh, they treat this. Uh, Hollywood has become almost an antisocial force. The uh, the hatred of this culture and its traditions that emanates from Hollywood is blatant. And it's very interesting. You'll never see any psychoanalysis of the producers and the uh, writers and the directors of Hollywood. Everyone else in our society, every other group, is subject to analysis, but not that group. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I hear that writers that do these movies, uh, they're actually uh, team efforts. There's no single writer, although one guy with a name may get... Uh, a man or woman may get uh, credit for the writing. The writing on these movies is actually done by a group of people. You can tell that by the way the plots wobble around. Uh, the, there's, no co there's no coherent thought. There's no narrative. The, well, you know, Martin told me that he turned down an offer to be one of 12 script writers on Garfield comic strip. Oh. Uh, 12. Mm-hmm. Well, we have at least two uh, script writers for television and films on our mailing list. And I told one, I thought that uh, a lot of the scripts were so illogical and poor that the writers had to be on drugs. I was kidding, and he said, you're more right than you realize. <coughs> well, they're writing for a 12-year-old age group. I mean, the pre-puberty <coughs> group is, is what they're aiming at because that's where the market is. Well, that's one of the great fallacies, this 12-year-old stuff. <coughs> the psychological yardstick <coughs> stops at 17. So 12 is pretty high. Mm -hmm. 12 is quite high when you've only got 17 to run on. Yes, that's part of the fraudulent psychological mythology yes. of our time. Mm -hmm. And the idea that adults can't go beyond 17, of course, is part of the nonsense. I mean, what are you going to say about people like Russia and myself? We're in our eighth decade, and we're going to be limited to an adolescent age. They started, it, yes. It's hard for me to believe that the people who believe that think that there is anyone dumber than they are. 
they started that in the testing of the draftees in World War One. It was a terrible slander of American youth. At that time, their level of education and literacy was very high because you had a very thoroughly academic training just in grade school. That's true. In high school, it was comparable... To postgraduate. Yes. To postgrad. Right. And yet they said they were, what was it, uh, 12 or 14-year-olds. And it created a mythology. They've stayed with it ever since. And the intellectuals have used it to show their contempt for the American public when the original tests on which it was based were fraudulent. Well, you know, Paul Hollander has written two books on this phenomenon of the intellectual hatred of Mm -hmm. America by American intellectuals. Mm -hmm. And the first one was Political Pilgrims. Mm -hmm. And the second one was, I believe, Anti-Americanism. I'm not sure. Yes, recently published. And the first one was brilliantly done. The second was much more pedantic more difficult, but he is trying to see, struggling with what makes these people anti-American when this is a culture in which the intellectuals have done better than anywhere at any time in the history of the world, Mm -hmm. and especially some of our minority intellectuals. Now, I may have a rather simple mind in this area, but to me it comes down to straight anti-Christianity. Yes. They hate the Christian history, and they hate the Christian traditions. They hate the ages of faith and the memory of them. They hate the cathedrals, they hate the art, they hate Raphael, they hate da Vinci. They hate everything that's ever been done by the Christian community. And that's where the hatred comes from. Yes. Well, what you have is a definition of the intellectual, uh, which means that he, uh, someone who has a critical intelligence, and by critical they mean the critique of Christianity. Yes. This began with the German philosophers, uh, triumphed in Hegel and all who succeeded them, So that unless you are critical of Christianity, you are by definition not an intellectual and you are not intelligent. That's right. So we have a very serious problem. And we have the progressive war on the American character and the character of Christendom in the films. Very often when I'm away on a conference speaking... I get to the room uh, after the meetings, 11 o'clock or so, and shower, and I'll flip on television uh, after I call home and after I've had my uh, devotions just to see the news or to relax for five or ten minutes. And occasionally I'll get a film. And it is such uh, fearful horror that you can only describe it as satanic and malicious. It is out to violate everything normal in the world. And when young people and old are fed that, 
it's no wonder we are in trouble and it's surprising that things are not worse than they are. What is most surprising about it is that something like the progression that's taken place on the destruction of the presidency, mm-hmm. which goes back quite a way, but really got into high gear after the downfall of Woodrow Wilson. It proceeded into a posthumous destruction of Harding after he was safely dead. Then the destruction of Hoover while he was in office. There was a hiatus for a while when Roosevelt was deified, but it resumed really sub Rosa under Eisenhower when he was accused of being an idiot and only playing golf. And then it surfaced against uh, Nixon and Carter and Ford, who was a bumbling idiot again, stumbling, and so on. All the presidents, as a matter of fact, after Kennedy. And now I understand after the funeral of uh, Nixon, some high school students were interviewed and asked, well, that they said, after all, all, all the presidents do these kind of things. They were totally cynical. They thought that uh, it didn't really matter what they did that uh, it's it's perfectly to be expected that a man in the highest office is a crook or a thief or a lecher or whatever. And when the unifying symbol of the culture ceases to have respect, that culture is in a state of collapse because they can, you only have a culture when it holds people together. In the days before Nixon's funeral, the night before the funeral, at 10.20, television showed 10,000 people in line waiting to go by, many of them holding up signs attacking the media. So it became an anti-media event. It was, yes. And as of last night, there were still thousands in line they're coming constantly to visit the grave to visit the grave simply because it's a way of showing their protest against the media well, and against Washington the media is part of our governing class today i have to, you have to have a college degree to to be a reporter on podunk news uh, the the media is almost an auxiliary of the government. It doesn't print anything that this particular administration doesn't want. You suppose that the reason they want a college degree is because they know you've been preconditioned to tell them what they want you to write? Well, certainly if you have a postgraduate degree. Uh, when I meet somebody with a doctorate, I already assume I'm talking to a trained monkey. I recall in the 30s talking to a newspaper man who was pretty well up in the power structure and he said very frankly that uh, they did not like the college graduates that was 
when they were beginning. This was early in the 30s. Oh, yes. To move in yeah. to the uh, newspapers because he felt they lacked the common sense that was required of a reporter. They already knew everything, and they were difficult. They didn't deal well with people. Mm-hmm. Well, getting back to Satanism, we have a culture that is unwilling to believe in God, who is above us all, but believe in evolution and in Satan because they believe that power comes from below. And as a result, in every aspect of our culture, of our society, we are looking downward for power. Uh, Take, for example, the ghetto youngsters, inner city blacks. They're the style setters now. Precisely because they are in gangs, they are killers, They're style setters. So you can see children in affluent neighborhoods going around with baseball caps with a visor turned backward, a ghetto style. You see them with haircuts, with uh, uh, the top only allowed to grow long, a ghetto style. They're all imitating the ghetto styles, the inner city black styles. Yep, there's an interesting aspect. Satanism in the true sense really doesn't believe in the devil. Mm-hmm. Because the devil, for instance, always cheats. You sell your soul to the devil and you never collect. Mm-hmm. And the knowledge of genuine evil is nothing to laugh at. Uh, I I knew as a journalist some individuals who were about as bad as I guess it's possible to be. Some of their stories, some of the things that they had to say, which they thought was funny, would chill you all the way. So what we have here is the idea that Satanism, like some of these silly women who call themselves Satanist worshippers, really think that the devil is going to give them some goodies. It's almost a a form of of childlike magic. Whereas evil, in the sense of a Mao Zedong or a Stalin, is real. Mm -hmm. Is real. And if you really believe in evil, you walk a lot more carefully than these people. One of the important statements in the Bible, perhaps the key, the key statement about Satan comes from Paul. In 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 13 to 15, he says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness or justice, whose end shall be according to their works. 
Now what Paul is saying is that if you want to uh, see where Satan is, look where uh, things are most important. High on the church, high on the state. To people who, as against the word of God, present themselves as the ministers of justice. The goodness party. Yes, the goodness you party. You go by their results. Yes. All you have to do is to look at uh, what Washington has produced for several generations, and you have people who have presented themselves as the ministers of justice, of righteousness, and who have brought more and more evil upon this country. So we have to see, if we're going to be biblical, Satanism as a counterfeit good. Well, I've always thought of Judas. I've always thought of Judas's comment on Mary Magdalene's gift. Mm -hmm. That he immediately intervened. It was too good for Jesus. Mm -hmm. That money should be given to the poor, said Judas. And you hear this all the time. Yes. Remember, he was the keeper of the, the common he was, purse. He, he, he was the treasurer. <laughs> he had his hand out. Yes. He wanted it. And he, he was, was a thief. And he was going to give it to the poor. That's a, yes. Well, they're still doing it. Aren't they? In Washington especially. There you have your pretended ministers of light. And you have them in various church organizations where they have a concept of justice which is not in tune with the law of God. Well, Jesus constantly attacked hypocrites. Yes. Yes. That was the, the greatest sin. The most repeated denunciations were for hypocrites. That's right. Well, we have to look for the key works of Satan where people apart from the word of God are most eager to say this is the way of justice this is the way of goodness of peace of light C.S. Lewis called it that hideous strength in yes. his last book and it was I've forgotten the name of the society I believe it was the Society of Brotherhood I'm not positive that uh, he held aloft. Well, we have them everywhere. They unite in terms of their academic credentials. They unite in terms of their high church and state offices. They're the ministers of light, of justice. Well, have you ever heard of anybody who can speak more about I, I feel your pain? <laughs> than our president? <laughs> well, we've had a number of presidents who have certainly not taken us any closer to heaven. They've done a good job in taking us in the other direction. Taking us to the cleaners as well. Yes. That is the version of evil that you hardly ever see coming out of Hollywood. It comes too close to home. Yes. 
I think the subject of Satanism is a very, very crucial one in our time. We have too much of a concentration on certain aspects of Satan and not on the others, the pretended ministers of light and of justice. And every election we get, we have a satanic program presented by both parties and they are going to show us how we can be saved as a country when what they have done is to take us further down the road. They all have a plan. Yes. I had a, I worked with a man in New York. He was the president. I was the vice president of a small agency at 400 Madison. And he pulled a ploy on me one day. He said, what makes a good man? I said, I don't know. He said, a man who does good. I said, how does he know? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what I meant. Yes. Now, you know how often you've tried to do good and put yourself into the swamp all the way up to your knees. <laughs> it isn't easy. And we have a whole country that can't tell the difference. Well, as long as the plan sounds good. Well, we've got to remember that uh, Stalin presented his plans as five the ultimate plan. in good the five-year plan salvation of men yes the new soviet man yes and did the same thing they had five-year he, plans he also held that to scramble eggs you had to break them so he broke them and uh, one book of a few years ago by someone who spent years in the a slave labor camp. His father was one of the original Bolsheviks. Uh, he researched Stalin's crimes and found that 100 million people had been killed by Stalin. This was not counting what his successors did. Brezhnev was every bit as evil as Stalin. So, all this in the name of good, an ultimate world order. Which is no different than the new world order, which is no different than the one world of Wendell Wilkie, which is no different than the League of Nations. We've been listening to this nonsense for a long time, but you remind me that this century has seen the most outstanding examples of evil of any century in history. Yes. And a higher percentage of mankind has been murdered in one way or another than in any other century in all history. Tonight they're talking about the news of uh, military intervention in Haiti, which of course is uh, lots, well, of, lots of voodoo going we've on. We've done that before, you know. Well, yes. and there is Haiti. But, you know. Who, who is to blame for Haiti? But the uh, point I was going to make is that uh, the military says that the troops would have to stay there for years. And uh, what an opportunity for uh, Satan to indoctrinate U.S. troops in 
voodoo and yeah. uh, Satanism. Uh, and with the high rate of AIDS in Haiti, mm -hmm. our troops will very easily be and bring contaminated. It, and bring it back to the United States yes. in great numbers. Racial politics at its worst. We've got one million Haitians here now. And there is a big drive by the Black Caucus to bring in all the rest. They feel they have a right to live here. And there isn't anything we can do for Haiti. Haiti is a basket case that it has been ever since it killed and expelled the, the whites. Under the French, it was the jewel of their empire because of its wealth and productivity. Since then, it has been the worst spot in the Americas in terms of everything, income, disease, crime, everything. How many presidents have sent troops to Haiti? Right after the Civil War, we yes. were uh, trying to help Haiti. And that was over a hundred years ago. Yes. It was called imperialism a few years back that yes. we had done that. When now we're going to do it all over the world. Yeah, well now, of course, it's, it's not imperialism when you have compassion. <laughs> <laughs> and when you have the right people yes, well, doing it yes, that's in different. the name of yeah. good. Yes. Well, that's Satanism. Well, our time is about up. Thank you all for listening and God bless you. Authorized by the Calcedon Foundation. Archived by the Mount Olive Tape Library. Digitized by ChristRules.com.